This is the reality. Hello, welcome to The Reality. My name's Dudley Anderson, so good to be with you once again, sharing the story of a life touched and changed for the good, for good, by the reality of Jesus. The Reality is produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. We encourage you to consider becoming a vision partner with us by going to our website, surereality.net, and clicking on Become a Vision Partner. Living in a squat addicted to heroin, and caught in a seemingly unbreakable cycle of crime, Paul Tanner had been a career criminal for 28 years. He had 41 criminal convictions for everything from theft and armed robbery to drug dealing and extortion, and he'd served several stints in prison. After his wife and family left him, and almost dying in a stabbing incident, Paul says he felt broken and alone, and he contemplated taking his own life. It was here, at rock bottom, that Paul Tanner had a life-changing experience. There was a period of about six months where all I wanted to do was die. I just didn't want to live anymore. And one night, sitting in the squat, doing drugs, with tears streaming down my face, I, I fell to my knees and I cried out from the pit of my stomach. I said, God, if you are real, please help me. I just can never put into words what happened next. Today we speak with Paul Tanner via Skype. This is his story. I came to faith pretty late in life. It was at 38 years of age. It was the 1st of February 2011, the, the greatest day of my life. Um, mm. So I'd like to share that story, and I think it's a good idea to begin at the beginning. So in the winter of 1972, my dad took the decision to leave my mum while she was heavily pregnant with me. Uh, and the upshot of that is in 48 years, I've never met him or had any form of contact with him. By the age of eight, I'd suffered physical, emotional and sexual abuse for a number of years. Oh and it was about age eight, I started going off the rails at school. I was uh, expelled from two primary schools. Um, and whilst most children of my age were in school learning and forming healthy relationships, I joined a very notorious gang in our area, uh, a place in North London that was and still is today very notorious for gangs, drugs and crime. Mm. Um, and it was at that age, the tender age of 10, I started um, dabbling with alcohol and smoking weed and committing petty crimes such as shoplifting, breaking into people's homes and cars. And over the next 28 years, those crimes and that lifestyle really escalated. You know, by the time I, I came to faith, aged 38, I had 41 criminal convictions from anything from armed robbery, extortion, drug dealing, wow. you know, you name it, I was into it. Goodness. As a result, I spent uh, a number of years in a number of prisons. Um, I've been stabbed on a couple of occasions. Once I actually died three times, and by the grace of God, those surgeons battled for 11 hours and, and, and saved me. Um, yes, I also became hopelessly addicted to drugs, a number of drugs, but the, the drugs that really took over my life was heroin and crack. Uh, and I had an addiction to those two substances for the best part of 20 years. So in 2003, my wife 
uh, decided that we needed to move away from London, hoping for a new start. So we moved to Nottingham. We'd been married two years at that point. Um, all I'd done was brought all my junk with me and all my problems with me, and it just continued in Nottingham. So as the long-suffering wife, in 2009, after 10 years of marriage, my wife kicked me out of the home. Mm. I came back to London, ended up in prison, um, came out of prison. I was homeless. I had this awful addiction to contend with. Mm. I was sleeping on the streets. I was sleeping in squats. And I got to a point in life where I just didn't want to live anymore. You know, I'd, I'd failed in life. I'd, I'd let my children down. I'd not seen them or my wife for two years. I'd not seen my mum or my mm. sister because they had moved to Ireland. And I was just living this ghastly existence all alone. And I just felt like a failure. And there was a period of about six months where all I wanted to do was die. I just didn't want to live anymore. And one night, sitting in the squat, doing drugs, with tears streaming down my face, I, I fell to my knees and it was very spontaneous. It wasn't planned. Um, I never grew up in a Christian household or anything like that. But I fell to my knees and I cried out from the pit of my stomach. I said, God, if you are real, please help me because I need you. And, you know, Dudley, I just can never put into words what happened next, but mm. it was amazing. I I felt the presence of God all around me. It was, it was beautiful. And, you know, what I would say is that the weight of the world I'd carried around on my shoulders since a small, terrified five-year-old boy mm. and all of the guilt and the shame and the bitterness and the anger and the resentment it was like surgery I, I felt it lift off of me and be taken out of me mm -hmm. and I just felt something that I had never felt in my life up until that point and it was peace wow. and it is that peace that surpasses all understanding it it was beautiful and I I got to my feet and I began to sing and dance and <laughs> shout and wow. praise God it was it was beautiful I was speaking in tongues wow. uh, then I'd be lying on the floor face down sobbing my heart out and then I'd be back up dancing and this went on for hours literally wow. uh, at some point I fell asleep and I woke up the next morning and as my head started to clear and I started to remember everything that had taken place, something hit me like a bulldozer. Mm. When I realized that I, I should have been clucking right now, I should have been in withdrawal mm. because mm. I can't go at this point five mm. hours. If I don't have a hit of heroin, I'm violently ill. <sighs> and it's been about 10 hours since I had my last hit Good and I'm not feeling ill at all. And Jesus has touched me and healed me of that 20-year addiction for which I'd been on medication. I'd been through rehab. I'd kicked it for a period of time and always gone back to it. And Jesus done a proper job on me that night. And in <laughs> that moment, the next morning, I heard the voice of Jesus. And don't ask me how, but I knew it was Jesus. And he said, I love you. And that was it. I was on the floor again, crying and then up singing and dancing. And my life changed forever that night. It, it was truly beautiful. And within 48 hours of that wonderful encounter with Jesus, I was back in Nottingham 
and me and my wife were reconciled. Wow. And little did I know that my wife had given her heart to Jesus just a couple of months before. Wow. Now, I've not seen her for two years. And, you know, we've just celebrated our 20th wedding anniversary. Oh, and we have three wonderful grandchildren. And, you know, wow. life isn't without its challenges. But we, we just love Jeez. Jesus and we love life again. Fantastic. What an amazing story, Paul. You know, the touch of God. You know, it's, it's, for me, it's very interesting. I mean, God is God, and God has his own ways and his own wisdom. You know, the Bible says that our ways are not God's ways. But I'm listening to your testimony, and I hear how uh, you, in absolute desperation, you're addicted to drugs, and you called on the name of the Lord, and you had a physical, literal experience. You know, we often say, uh, you had a fireworks experience when you received Jesus as Lord and Savior. But then there are people who don't, people who just simply say, come into my life, Lord, and they feel nothing. What, what is your take on that? What is the difference between what you experienced when, when you called on the name of the Lord and, and somebody who just simply prays the prayer and asks Jesus into their life and falls asleep and goes to sleep that night with no feeling, no, no experience like you had? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's strange, isn't it? And as you said, you know, God's ways are not our ways mm. and his thoughts are so much higher than ours. And I mean, I can only hazard a guess. I, I, I've had the, the most wonderful privilege of leading hundreds of people in the prayer of salvation wow. over the last few years. And um, man, that's beautiful. But yes, it's it's strange. Some people you know, have that fireworks experience and others mm. just don't. Mm. But as we know, because God always does a proper job there, they're equally saved. But it's it's really strange. I mean, on that point, I would say I became quite frustrated a few years back um, because I was leading so many people to the Lord. And, you know, I'd always spend quality time with them and make sure they knew what they were doing. You know, I wouldn't just meet people and invite them to pray the prayer of salvation mm. unless, you know, in some situations that is how it happened, you know, at big crusades and stuff. But I would usually spend quality time with people. And sometimes, you know, you spend time with them and they know what they're doing and you lead them in the prayer and they're really happy and there's tears and all the rest of it. And then a few weeks down the line, you know, they're back on drugs mm. and because I work with a lot of homeless people and addicted people and mm. you're seeing no change in their life. And, you know, one day I said, God, what, what's going on here? Am, am I doing something wrong? Because I'm leading a lot of these people and I'm seeing very little change in a lot of their lives. What's going on? And, you know, the Lord just dropped a, a scripture verse as only he can on my heart. And it was where, you know, the Apostle Paul says that one sows, one waters, and God gives the increase. And, and immediately I just got it. It was, you know, God saying to me, look, you do what I've called you to do and leave the rest to me. You know, there was a, a beautiful moment when I look back now. Um, when I was stabbed on one occasion, I woke up in intensive care mm. and... Um, there was only a limited amount of people allowed to come in and see me. Um, so I, there was lots of people outside because I was still quite popular back then. <laughs> and um, I gave them a list of five people who would be allowed in and the rest were to be sent away because they was being quite rowdy at the hospital. <laughs> and this guy who I knew from school who wasn't on the list came into my room, sat down at the side of my bed, 
told me that Jesus loved me mm-hmm. and that he loved me and handed me a Bible. Wow. Now, I'd like to say that I read it and I was very gracious to him, but I wasn't. I was swearing and cursing and I told him to get out of my room and I threw the Bible after him. And that man came back to my bedside every day for two weeks just telling me about Jesus. Now, my point is, when I look back now, that man sowed seed in my life. Mm. And when I came to that point where I fell to my knees and I cried out to God, the name of Jesus, well, had he not sown them seeds, I might have cried out to Buddha Mm. or Muhammad (laughs) or anyone else, an ancestor. And as we know, we probably wouldn't be talking today I'd probably be dead. So, you know, I just encourage people, just sow those seeds. You might not see the fireworks. You might not see transformation, but we've got to keep sowing. You are listening to The Reality, produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported ministry. We value your prayers and support very much. You can help us touch millions of people with the reality of Christ by becoming a vision partner. Visit surereality.net and click on Become a Vision Partner. That is, become a vision partner at surereality.net. Listen again to the reality on our podcasts at surereality.net. If you've just joined us, thank you so much. This is The Reality. My name is Dudley Anderson. So good to have your company. If you've been listening up to our program today and you have some questions, I would love to hear from you. Please write me an email, dudley at surereality.net. Well, today on The Reality, we're speaking with Paul Tainer. Paul grew up in a broken home and he experienced much abuse as a child. When he reached adulthood, Paul began experimenting with drugs and was soon addicted to crack and heroin. A life of crime ensued, and Paul found himself in and out of prison. More than once, Paul was stabbed in violent skirmishes. On one occasion, he in fact died and was resuscitated. Eventually, his wife rejected him, and Paul found himself destitute and homeless on the streets of London. Suicidal and depressed, Paul Tenor cried out to God. He says, I cried at the top of my voice. I was angry. I shouted, God, if you are real, please help me, because I need you. And that was the turning point in my life. What happened next, he says, was hard to describe. It was the most beautiful moment in his life. Jesus met him on the floor when he encountered a physical experience of peace like none other. Instantly his pain, his sorrow, his despair, his addictions left him. Paul surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. Soon he was reconciled to his wife, who in fact had also given her life to Jesus. Paul began sharing his story with many other people who found themselves in the same predicament that he was, and he saw many come to faith in Christ. Let's find out more as we speak with Paul Tanner today via Skype. What an amazing story, Paul. However, you really had such a dramatic change in your life. Now, you did mention earlier that uh, this fellow came into your hospital room and he shared the love of God with you. Did you have any other form of input from the Lord in your early days as a child uh, that you knew a little bit about God? I did looking back now. I mean, I went to a, a, 
a Church of England school. So we used to go over to the church opposite once a week and we, we sung hymns in assembly and all of that stuff. And it, it meant nothing to me. But when I look back now and I, I have a little understanding about the way seed works, I know all of those things were being sown into my life. And when I look back now as well, there were a few people over the years who did come and, and you know, try and tell me about Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, just to point out that that guy who witnessed to me every day for 14 days, um, you know, I went back to my life of crime and all the rest of it for another 13 years mm. after he witnessed to me. Wow. But those seeds were sown, and um, I'm so grateful. And uh, I've got back in touch with him recently and, um, you know, shared the story with him. And he was completely unaware that, you know, it had had such an impact on me, uh, which I believe it did, even though it took so long. Mm. Uh, And we had a great time of rejoicing together. Praise God. You know, um, I believe the scripture says God watches over his word to perform it, and uh, you are an evangelist, you're sharing the Word of God, but it's not up to you to change any lives. You can't change a life. It's God who changes our lives, would you say, Paul, and he watches over that seed that is sown. So perhaps somebody listening up today, and and they're sitting thinking and listening to you, and they think, yeah, I've heard it all before, but, you know, nothing's changed in my life. How can they experience that change that you had? For me personally, I think because I, I I knew that I had witnessed a miracle, you know, it was just obvious that I had to embrace, you know, this this new Christian walk, this new life that I had found, and I and I really didn't understand what was going on, but I just went with it because I was at the end of my tether, and I was going to kill myself anyway, mm-hmm. and I just suggest that, you know reading your Bible mm. prayerfully. You know, not everyone enjoys praying, um, but it's something, it's a learned behavior. If you can wake up first thing in the morning and instead of thinking about all the negative things in your life, just I, I, I always practice just thanking God that I'm alive, mm. that I can see, that I can walk that I've got a roof over my head, that I've got food in the fridge. And before I know it, I'm feeling the presence of the Holy Spirit. I've started my day right. And then I just continue throughout the day, you know, embracing a relationship with God, taking time to read my Bible. And and pretty soon what felt like an obligation at times Mm. becomes an outright pleasure. Also fellowship with the family of faith. You know, you've got to get around other spirit-filled believers. Yeah, absolutely. You said, uh, just going back a little, uh, that when you had this experience, you called in the name of the Lord and the presence of God just filled the room. There was nobody else in that room with you. Um, Can you explain that a little bit more to us? How did it feel? Was it just a deep breath you took and suddenly you had, you know, pins and needles all over your body? How, How did you actually experience that? It's so hard to put into words that there, there was that, there, you know, a tingly feeling. But, but for me, it was just a, an overwhelming feeling of peace 
and something that I'd, I'd never experienced in my life. And because I'd never experienced it, I never realised that I'd never experienced it, if that makes sense. Mm. But when this peace just saturated me and, and drenched me, you know, I it was overwhelming joy. And then it was, uh, you know, sobbing and crying it was as if it was a purging hmm. and um it was just so beautiful and and i, I just knew it was god hmm. the god of the bible god the father you know I, I knew it was him and his presence was just all around me and it, it was beautiful i felt so loved hmm. and comforted and so peace filled at that moment that's that's the best description i could give wow. It was. It was. It was fantastic. Praise God. Now you you keep saying it's the peace of God. Jesus said, "A peace I give you, peace not like the world knows." It's a deep inner peace. Um, your life technically was still the same. The next day, you still faced the same problems. Thank God He healed you of uh, of drug addiction. That was amazing. But you still faced the same issues. You had to reconcile with your wife. You had to go out and and get work. So where did how did this peace play out in your life the next day? Oh, that's a fantastic question, Dudley, because, yeah, I mean, yes, my life, I now have to rebuild. And I'm 38 years of age. I've got no work history at this point. Mm. I've never worked in my life. I have no CV. Uh, at that age, I've got to start afresh. So first thing first, I had to get back to Nottingham. Mm. Uh, I had no money, um, but I, I got back to Nottingham. Um and I came and saw my wife, and I remember thinking outside, Paul, what are you doing? She's just going to reject you. She'll probably call the police on you. <laughs> but there was this wonderful reconciliation, and oh. then I found out after that God had already been working on her yeah, because, right. yeah. you know, God had providence in place, and that was wonderful. And then, yes, I did. I had to win back the love and respect of my two sons yeah. who were 15 and 16 at this point. Uh, and to be quite honest, had, had lost respect for me. Um, so I had to win them back over. And, um, yeah, working. We've all got to work. I had to go and get a job. And I had to do menial tasks. I was doing some cleaning. I was doing um, agency work on building sites. I'm, like I said, 38 years of age, and I've got 18-year-olds ordering me around. Mm. I'm working for a pittance. But God really taught me something mm. in there those two to three years, you know, about working hard because I'd never had a work ethic. And mm -hmm. in all of these moments, you know, there was times where people treated me awfully on building sites. And there was times where, you know, in my heart, I wanted to retaliate. And I would just have that peace of God. Uh, I would just have it. And I would just know that God is just saying to me, look, just take it. And I always think back to that verse of scripture in Ephesians, I think, where he says, you know, when we work, we should work as if we're doing it onto the Lord, mm. you know, submit to your earthly masters, but you're doing it onto the Lord. And, and that used to be my mindset, right? This man's been really unreasonable. He's been downright rude to me. Um, but you know what? I'm doing this for the Lord. Mm. And I worked my way up the ladder and 
I used to see God's favor in so many things. You know, I'd be a laborer and then they'd uh, promote me to a semi-skilled laborer. And, you know, I'd come on a site and laborers would come and go and I'd end up being on that site from the beginning to the end, you know, a 12-month project or something. And um, I worked my way up and um, I started, I reinvented my, myself uh, and I've been doing that for seven years now. I've got my own little painting and decorating company we're inundated with work i'm able to give some people some work and um yeah it, it's beautiful but i did have to start from the bottom rung and um god was with me all the way but life isn't without its challenges i i never sugarcoat things i always tell people you know you don't give your heart to jesus and everything becomes a bed of roses rainbows and unicorns you know you, you've, you've got to work through it but what i have learned and what i know is god comes alongside you you have to take that step and he'll always come alongside you and enable you to do what needs to be done praise god paul adrena what is your passion for life it started off opening up doors for me to share my testimony with people uh, and that developed into preaching but my real passion is the ministry that myself and my wife founded called streets for christ it was literally a month or two after jesus saved me that i had this overwhelming urge which i now understand was god prompting me to make some sandwiches, a few flasks of tea, and go out into the city centre of Nottingham and feed the homeless. Wow. I walked into the city centre and I saw a guy in the distance in a big issue vest. So wow. I thought, right, big issue seller, he might want a sandwich and a cup of tea. And as I approached him, he had his back to me. And when he turned around, I recognised him because I used to score drugs with the homeless community. You know, I, I had spent time on the street with these guys. So wow. I look at him, I recognise him. He doesn't recognise me because in just a couple of months, you know, my physical appearance has transformed. I've put on weight. I'm looking great. Hmm. Praise God. Uh, and I said to him, don't you remember me? And he said, no. I said, it's London, because that's what they used to call me up here as a nickname. I said, it's London. And he, he, he'd done a retake. He looked, he went, wow, you look fantastic. Wow. He said, what have you been up to? <laughs> I said, well, come over here, have a sandwich and a cup of tea, and I'll tell you all about it. And long you. story short, that man gave his life to Jesus Jeez. just a few months later. Praise so God. I distributed the sandwiches and the tea. It went great. And I continued doing it almost every day for about a year. And um, at this point, I'm feeding about 40 people a day, every day, they're waiting for me in the city center, I'm witnessing to them about Jesus. You know, like mm. I said, many of them knew my life before, so it was a very powerful witness. Mm. They, they, you know, they're thinking, well, if he can do it, we can do it, Jesus can do it for us. And wow. we were having great success with it. And then me and a couple of brothers from church decided to do a little Friday evening fellowship around my home where we could just have something to eat, open the scriptures, worship God. And one of them said, Paul, why don't we invite some of the homeless people you're feeding around? I said, yeah, great, we'll do that. So we brought three guys around one Friday evening. My wife prepared a meal. You know, we, we fellowship with them. They loved it. And long story short, within a few weeks, we'd have up to 30 people in my living room and my hallway and my kitchen, wow. all crammed in. We'd all eat. 
We'd open the scriptures, we'd worship, people were giving their hearts to Jesus. Wow. Yes, so at the moment, Fantastic. I'm, I'm rambling now, but I'm very passionate. Um, we do Monday evenings at All Souls Church and Community Centre, and we do Wednesday evenings in the city centre and Saturday mornings when we can. Paul, an amazing story and an amazing job that you're doing with people like you used to be and showing the love of Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us today on The Reality. Today on The Reality, we've been speaking to Paul Tanner. What an amazing story of the power of God to touch and change a life for the good, for good through the peace that Paul encountered. As Paul says, God always does a proper job. God's proper peace for you today. Listen to the word of God. Jesus speaking, he says in John chapter 14 from verse 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You see, the Holy Spirit whom Jesus promised brings us that peace. And this is who Paul met that day as he called on the name of Jesus. The Spirit of God is at work in your life. And he wants you to know that peace, that peace which passes understanding, a peace that you cannot understand even in your circumstances. If that is you, I encourage you today to do as Paul did, call upon the name of Jesus and he will step into your life. You've been listening to The Reality, produced by Sure Reality, presented by me, Dudley Anderson. Please drop me an email, dudley at surereality.net, if you would like to know more. Till next time, as always, keep your eyes on Jesus and walk in the sure reality of Christ. Christ.